Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of the Superhero Ethics Podcast. My name is Matthew Westfox. I'm one of your hosts. Um, my other normal co-host, Paul Hoppy, can't join us this week because he's traveling across country. But I'm really excited because our friend Adam Hulse is going to be joining us. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking about a topic that I know Adam was really excited to, to dive into. We're going to be talking about the idea of what does it mean to be a hero. Um, obviously, we talk a lot about the ethics of superhero shows. Um, but I know Adam had been really excited about um, this idea of what does it actually mean to be a hero in our own world and how are all these superhero TV shows and movies kind of helping us blur the lines a little bit about what does it mean to be a hero. Um, so, Adam, why don't you start by just saying hello and introducing yourself. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, Matt, thanks for having me on your podcast. It's pretty cool. I heard a lot about this. I'm definitely overdue to listening to you and Paul talk about these things. I remember when we were kids, we talked about all the superhero stuff a lot. Definitely. Uh, me, me, Adam, and Paul all grew up together, so that's where it comes from. Yeah. So, you know, like all you guys, I've been watching a lot of the TV shows, and back in the day, I was a comic book fan. I still am. And I read all fantasy, you know, all the different types of superhero books. And, and I've just really been noticing that, like, in the effort to make uh, Marvel or DC movies more and more better and real and everything like that, they people are, are gravitating to them more as opposed to the subculture when we were kids. Right. So I've, no, so I've, I've noticed, like, it's amazing, like, how many people are out there wearing those tight, broad-chest Batman shirts, Superman shirts, you oh, know, yeah. obviously, as you, obviously, as you know, you know, you see all the toys and everything, and marketing is marketing, it gets gets bigger, but it kind of, you also see how all these, like, actors are, like, using their personas to uh, try to make a difference, and it kind of makes you wonder with the kids, how much are they actually trying to be like Captain America or like Tony Stark or do you, no, you, I, do you know those types? Yeah, yeah I, I think it's a great point. I was thinking about this actually over Thanksgiving because, you know, I was talking with a family I don't get to see very often and they were asking what I've been up to and I, and I, I told them about this podcast. And I, I, I mean, I've always been a little bit the odd duck in my family. They would have known that I was sort of into like that kind of stuff when we were kids. But, but I realized that they were all just super excited about su the superhero genre and what I was talking about. In a way that, I mean, my family is wonderful, but but they're not geeky the way I think I and a lot of my other friends are. Um, I don't think most of them grew up loving this stuff. And, and I was really struck by this. It, it, that, to me, Thanksgiving was really a sign of something I think I've seen before, that this stuff has gone mainstream. Um, I mean, I, know, I think it's pretty obvious, but um, but so I think you're really onto something there and talking about it, it has gone a lot more mainstream. And, and what does that mean um, in, in terms of this hero question and who are people looking to as heroes? Um, and, and I want to dive more into that, but let me actually back up a bit and just start by, so for you, Adam, um, when you were yeah. a kid, what, who were the, who were the heroes you looked to? All right. Actually, let me even start a little bit before that. Like to you, what, what do you, what do you, what do you think of as a hero? Who, what was a, what did a hero mean to you when you were a kid? Um, uh, well, a hero to me when I was a kid is different than what I think now, you know, it's like heroes when you were a kid is that, that type of character that you wanted to be like, and you emulated yeah. like, for me, I always associated with Spider-Man. Uh, a lot of other people were – I think you and Paul – definitely Paul was really into Batman back yep. in the day. But I was um, – I really – you know, and other people like Wolverine and X-Men. I, I was just uh, – Spider-Man because Spider-Man I really associated with. You know, he was a nerdy kid. Uh -huh. He was always funny. But he was always like – you know, he wasn't like a Hulk 
guy. Like he was very athletic and, and, and it was just sort of like, and, and one of the things I remember always liking about him was, you know, his ability to always like crack a joke, no matter what the odds and like he yeah. couldn't catch a break. And as I went and, you know, as I got older and, uh, you know, going through puberty and all those things, definitely that feeling of not being able to catch a break yeah. was something I definitely associated with uh, growing up. So Spider-Man was my hero uh, I, uh, growing up. I can totally see that. I mean, I know for me, as I've talked about before, I, I got into some of the like I definitely was a Batman fan. For me, it was much more Star Wars than any of these things. Um, and my hero, I think, was Han Solo. But but in some ways, it was almost the flip side of what you're talking about. It was that feeling for me of Han Solo could just do anything and get out. You know, he would always make the break. Um, and I think I loved him so much because I felt I felt like the Peter Parker, like you're talking about. You know, I felt like I could never catch a break. So I loved that character who always could. Um, oh, sure. But, right. But I think that's a great point also. Just like different people are going to be heroes to different people because – so much of what makes the hero is who we identify with that way. Um, right. And if you notice, like, you know, I mentioned Spider-Man, but it was because of the comic books, not like Spider-Man and his amazing friends or those right. comic or those cartoons back in the day. You know, like the, today's technology and genre, people, the next generation, or I guess maybe two generations now, it's every 10 years, right? We're, Something we're like that. It, I know. But, uh, you know, they connect to different and different types of things out there. Like, you know, DC and Marvel tried over and over again to make all these types of movies. And it wasn't until, in my opinion, the Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire that they started to really hit on it. Yeah. There was all those cheesy 80s and 90s movies that didn't quite do so well. Uh-huh. No, no, I, I definitely hear that. Um, and so you talked about like that was that was your idea of a hero as a kid. So. Today, what do you think? How is your idea of what a, what makes a hero changed? Um, I think it's the realism that they they try to do in today's movies. Like they 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 take real life scenarios and they mm -hmm. insert these heroes into them, and so people can associate what's happening in the world with and 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 could picture, you know, these characters in there. Like I think the best place they really did that on a big scale was probably the first Iron Man movie mm -hmm. where he was in uh, I don't know, I remember I don't know if they made up a country or not but basically it was, it was, it was Afghanistan in he was definitely in Afghanistan he was in Afghanistan and you know it was a war torn country he he was a profiteer but, but basically because he went through this horrible thing he got a rite of passage and stopped making weapons but he was still you know as a kid you uh, of the next generation you always like robots and guns and stuff so he was like this smart guy and in a war scenario who wants to make a difference and but he still had this like you know not han solo type but this flamboyant type of thing and he was also very real i mean robert downey jr did a good 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 um good take on him and, and really captured the alcoholism but i think they didn't use alcoholism they just gave him just a lot of post-traumatic stress but uh same idea yeah, I mean, uh, he he was a a real well developed not not I just like a really well developed character, but he was a, a he felt like a real person that someone could relate to in, in large part right. because he had flaws. You know, he wasn't the big blue boy scout that Superman's always portrayed as. Right, right, and I feel like in terms of Captain America and Superman, um, you know, people it's so I find it so fascinating because myself too is like. Those two characters are the big blue Boy Scouts, yep. and people are like, yeah, we're tired of the goody two-shoes and everything like that. 
But if you attempt to change them, people like lose their minds. Oh yeah. They're like it's like it's like I remember when Superman died against Doomsday. I think I might have bought and bought two Superman comics in my life. And when that happened, I I bought like the whole series of what happened, uh-huh. and I was so mad that he died. And I was like, was like I was like, but then you know, I, I didn't read his comics, but the, right. the idea that you could they, that they were changing the uh, con- the what was going on there, and you could actually see it today because this whole thing with Captain America, and then you know, spoiler alert, but this whole thing Captain America is maybe a secret Hydra agent and all this stuff. Right. Like if you read if you read people on the net, people are like, this is nonsense. He's like, okay, it's nonsense. But how many comic books do you guys watch? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think there's something so beautiful about what you said there, where you said like you were so angry about it that you bought comic books more than you ever had. I mean, like, yeah, I I hate yeah. to think that that's that's a motivational, but I mean, for that alone, that's a great reason for them to do it to sell comics. But but I also think you're right that there's a really interesting tension around. You know, like this was the big debate over the the first Zack Snyder, the Man of Steel movie. Like they made. Superman, this dark, gritty character, and people, a lot of people, myself included, didn't like it because, yep. like, he's supposed to be the big blue Boy Scout. And and, and I, I'll admit, for me, there's a tension of I kind of want Superman to be the big blue Boy Scout, but that's also why I'm not very interested in most Spider-Man movies, you know, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Superman movies, you know, because he isn't. Right. He isn't the Tony Stark. I mean, and even the um, Captain America, I think... With him, they've managed to do something really interesting because it basically they, they've – you're right. I think he's very similar to Superman, but what they've done is said, what happens when a person who stands up for all of these ideals, that person stays the same, but kind of all the ideals fall, fall apart around him, you know? And so that – it, it's a new take on that idea of a hero because it's – well, if you're the hero who's supposed to defend America, what happens when America isn't being America anymore, you know? Yes, and I think a lot of people associate with that right now. Like, uh, not to get too political, but I always find it as a different side of topics about like, uh, you know, not instead of like what defines it being a hero and stuff. It's like I had a conversation about a month or two ago, like what defines being patriotic. Right. And I've gotten like a dozen different answers. It's like, yeah. you know, how do you associate with your country? And you know, Captain America, you know, in his name itself is like, well, how does he act? In, in in this way so i think a lot of people are really interested to see how captain america handles similar situations to what's going on in today's society oh yeah and i, I think that that's something they've done with captain america in the past and it it, it gets into re- some really interesting questions of if you are sort of the defender of a country of an institution you know what do you do when you feel like that the institution isn't living up to those values, you know, and I think that that um, uh, I I don't know the the history of Captain America quite as well as others, but I do know that a number of times in his history, you know, during Vietnam or certainly during uh, the Bush administration or at other times, like when when there was sort of a national sense of this country isn't living up to the values that Captain America would stand for, that that he he somewhat went against his own country, you know. Um, sure. Because you get it, and I think in a lot of ways that the movie Civil War is a really interesting examination of that. That that goes away from modern day politics, but is an interesting sort of uh, metaphor for a lot of the stuff of you know because in in Civil War, you know Captain America, it, he's supposed to kind of be like the person who like follows orders and does what's right, but but he's the one who breaks orders because he thinks the orders are wrong. Um, and, and to me, that's a really interesting idea of heroism because it's you know. 
what what do you do when as a hero you know the people giving you orders are not giving you legitimate orders anymore see i find that very interesting because i think this the, the movie civil war in terms of that aspect actually did it better than the comics yeah. in giving in giving that idea that Tony Stark's side is could be right, and Captain America's side could be right. Yeah. I mean, these people. I mean, in, in in a very general sense, the powers of these superhumans is it's not like commonplace. Like you get the idea in the comics. Like these are people are like scared of these people, even though they're heroes. These guys are like living like weapons. Oh yeah, and all and they're basically saying and and Tony Stark's is like we accidentally killed people. I'm not saying we shouldn't go save the day or fight against galactic things. Tony Stark says, I just, I think the government should know where we are. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's what, and that, but that's the slippery slope. But Captain America's like, no, I'm a person. Right. I don't, I, sh I shouldn't be put on a list. So, you know, and I think that in the comics, it was uh, much more about, you know, there was like a disaster, I think, with the New Warriors where they, they, they fought some guys and there's a big, they killed a lot of innocent people. And then the government's like, all right, we got to register everybody. And it was much more about people going underground and not wanting to be registered. And then, you know, eventually the Civil War happened. Right. But, you know, the movies, I think they really captured, like, you know, like the, the conversations between Tony Stark and Captain America really captured that well. Like, oh. I actually sided both sides with them. I didn't just choose Captain America as a default. Oh yeah, I mean, I I, this this whole project, the blog started the first thing. The, the first thing that we that that happened under superhero ethics was I actually published an article about why I am probably at the end of the day a little more Team Tony. Because um, I right. like you, I see both sides. I think there's a lot of value to both. And and Paul and I have kind of gotten into this a little because I know he's very much more Team Cap. Um, but but yeah, because I, I think that to me is really I I I think that movie was one of the best examples of a situation where. There wasn't a clear good guy and a bad guy, you know. Every side, and people hate that. Yeah, I know. Well, so and let's talk about that a lot. Why do you think? Because um, to me, I love that, and that's what I want out of my hero movies. But why do you think people often, like, why do you think people want much clearer ideas of good and evil and right and wrong? Because it's not true in real life. Yeah, because they they want the kind of that escapist idea. Yeah, I mean, when you, I, uh, you know. A long time ago now, uh, I ran a LARP, like a fantasy LARP, and a, I uh, tried live. A it's a live action uh, role playing. Live game action role play, yes. And it was yeah, not sorry. up to speed. Yeah, <laughs> nerd central guys. But basically, <laughs> the uh, the idea was, you know, it was almost running like a um, improv theater because these people were all very good actors, right? And you know, running for years and years, so everyone knew their characters really well, and I, there was no script. I mean, I had a script, but they didn't. And uh, but one of the things that uh, I failed in doing as as the owner and the, the head storyteller is that I really wanted to give a real sense of realism. So there was, you know, there were lands and governments and wars and everything. And a lot of times people got really upset because sometimes there was no right answer. They couldn't just go slay the bad guy or there was like a war going on that I gave background story that they could find out. And they're like, oh, let's go save the day. I'm like, no, it's 4,000 miles away. Right. And they got really pissed off that they couldn't <laughs> do anything about it. And I'm like, well, this is just background. This is flavor text. Right. And they got – I just remember how incredulous I was that people were angry that they got lore. Right. <laughs> I was like – they're like, how dare, me, how dare you make me learn about the world? And I was like, oh, all right. But, but, you know, I, I think you're really onto something there, though, because I, I think it, it speaks a lot to our ideas of what do we want a hero to be versus what do heroes wind up being? Because I think 
in, in some ways, I think for a lot of people, one of the things that a hero can be is escapism, you know, and yeah. we do live in a world where, like you said, like th there are a lot of things that if I look back on my life, I feel like I probably did this wrong or I probably did that wrong. But there's very few things where I can say I absolutely 100% know this was the right thing to do. And certainly like most of the conflicts I've gotten into in my life, I can be like, okay, in this situation, I feel like I was kind of a victim and the other person was kind of, you know, not really nice to me. And this other situation, I was kind of a jerk and probably the other person is a lot more in the right. But there's very few times I can look at a situation and be like, I was the good guy and they were the bad guy or I was the bad oh, guy yeah. and they were the good guy. And I think there's something really nice about being able to escape to a world where that's true, you know? And I think that uh, to me, I think there's something problematic there and I'm kind of glad that our heroes especially today don't do that as much. But but I do think that that's a really powerful fantasy that a lot of people myself included often are really drawn to. Sure. I mean, if you think about it, what what I mean, it's it's basically a well-written long version good graphics good special effects of the 30 hour 30 sorry 30 minute sitcom right 22 minute sitcom oh yeah you have a problem and you solve it so you know granted this is a much better story but the point is you get this sense of beginning middle and end and this end is this conclusion where you you are at back of better words happy right you know you know good 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 triumphs over evil you know even though how harrowing it is you know every iconic type of story there's this journey of these heroes and they have to go through trials and tribulations but in the end you know these they succeed oh, and yeah. that that and people really like that i mean disney, disney would not be around if that was not <laughs> a true statement <laughs> i mean were you a fan of the the christopher reeve superman movies when you were a kid oh my i was a Huge, huge fan. Oh, it yeah. Was, uh, yeah. I, I went back and rewatched those, especially the first two, a couple of years ago. And, and I, I still enjoy them. Yeah. I still really get a kick out of them. And I, I think, um, you know, Gene Hackman was a great Lex Luthor, and, and Zod from that mo second movie was just oh, yeah. so good. Absolutely. But, like, you think about, you know, Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor, or, the, or particularly that, you know, General Zod in that second movie. Compare him to any villain in any of the modern, you know, superhero movies. He's so, there is not a single redeeming thing about. Him. I mean, he's he's hysterically funny and he's a sure. great villain. But there isn't like compare him to someone like Kingpin from Daredevil or like oh. any of the you you know you and I would even like in in um, Civil oh, sure, War you know Colonel Zemo like Colonel Zemo you know we get a little bit of that sense of like. Oh, his his wife died in in the attack on Sokovia, and like he we he, we feel bad for him. There is never a moment where you feel bad for General Zod in, <laughs> no. in Superman Two. He's just he is the pure embodiment of evil, and Superman is a pure embodiment of good. Yeah, no, of course, and I think that's like one of the things that makes you know Superman the the original Christopher Reed Superman movie so uh, classic. Is that, you know, this is a – when people think of Superman, they think of the old 19 – was it 1930s comics? Oh, yeah. It started in World yeah, War II. Right. And you see him, you know, in the classic bubblegum co comic where he's like lifting up a truck or whatever and stopping the bank robbers. And then, you know, when you start thinking about different images of Superman, the image of Christopher Reeve comes up, not the new Supermans that you see in these new movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, Although it does bring up the point, though, I don't know if that's true for the new generation. Yeah. I don't know if they've watched the, the, new, the Christopher Reeves. Eh. 
Well, and, 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 and so here's my question, because let's get back to this idea yeah. of like the hero we relate to. Because I think a lot of ways for me, that's in the end of the day of all the different heroes I appreciate, it's the hero I relate to that I'm kind of going to be most drawn to. And, sure. and I think like as I grew up, like I loved the Christopher Reeve. And as a six year old, I could relate to that because I could like, you know, throw a blanket over my back and run around the living room and <laughs> pretend I was flying. Sure. Um, of course. Much to the horror of my mother and our nice furniture. Um, but, <laughs> but but I really couldn't – once I – you know, like you said, once I hit puberty and I was having trouble, like I didn't think no. Christopher – I didn't think, you know, Clark, even Clark Kent had any of the troubles I was having. But right. but someone like Spider-Man does or someone like some of the more modern heroes absolutely do. Um, and so for you, like as you look at some of those modern heroes, do you think – are you, is it easier for you to relate to them? Uh, yeah, I would say that it's easier to relate to them, especially as an adult, because these are adult characters. Uh Um, it does beg the question, though, you know, superhero characters, at least when you think about them, these are cartoon, these are fantasy, these are usually for, you know, children. But these, but these, but these, if you think about today's Marvel movies and the trials and tribulations that these heroes are going through i don't think that's saturday morning cartoon oh I no think I, that's think, what I think we've gone and i don't even say I, I would even say we went a long way from that some time ago um uh i i will admit i didn't get into the this for a long time because of this but um you know paul i don't know if he he, he is an evangelist to you but he was an evangelist to me for a long time about yeah. batman the animated series and just how wonderful that show was um, well, can I just just as a side note, yeah, because uh, courtesy of Netflix, I've actually watched all the Batman cartoons and and Justice League and everything. It's a great watch late night and stuff. So, oh yeah, I, mean, I, I, I can I can see what he appreciates. Yeah, I mean, the, I I and that's because like the thing is, you know, by the time I got to high school, I think you know, I I I used to t- I was probably the least sort of comic book guy of our group of friends, you know, and I used sure. to tease you guys a little bit because I thought I was like you know this. You know, I was going to college and I was reading big books. And I didn't. I didn't want to do kid stuff. And in some ways, I still thought of that stuff as kid stuff. Um, I loved the Batman movies because they seemed much darker and much deeper. Um, and then I, I finally went back and I rewatched that Batman the animated series, and it, I, it is a much more adult. I mean, it, it is clearly like for kids on some level, but I feel like there's also a lot more adult themes in it that I ever would have thought possible. Um, and then you watch some of the stuff coming out now. Like some of the uh, the DC shows they're on, um, um, CW, oh, yeah. the WB or the CW or whatever CW, um, or like Luke Cage or some of the other Netflix shows. I mean, those are just straight up like adult level, like serious drama stuff. Right, but you know it's interesting. So you talk about Arrow and Luke Cage and all these type of things, and they're definitely more Daredevil, much more darker for an adult audience. But you can see that DC tried to bring back a more younger audience and they went a little more campy because it was a campy character with the flash. Right. And, and, and I, if I remember the ratings, I stopped watching after season two, but I think season three to season four isn't doing very well. Like, it's just like people don't really in today's society, don't really connect with the original, you know, superhero campiness or cart or comic bookish i'm not i'm not sure that's true my and i i don't have the ratings in front of me i think though flash has been very successful but i'd say because it's sort of what you're talking about but a little different because in a lot of ways to me flash really captures what you were saying you loved about spider-man yes because it is um it is campier certainly than arrow or some of the darker stuff and but i think it's very funny but it's also very relatable i mean barry allen is 
like he's a dork socially. You know, he is pretty much completely incompetent when it comes to women. Um, yeah. He's often like, you know, screwing things up socially or with his family. I mean, any it's that same kind of way of like I look at Superman and I don't see anything I can relate to. I look at Barry Allen and I see someone who has superpowers I do. But even with his superpowers, he still has some of the social issues that I have, you know, and so I feel like I can really relate to him. Yeah, actually, that's a very good point. I never made the the relation to uh, Barry Allen to Peter Parker. There is a lot of similarities to that. That's I, very true. I think so. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's but but I think you're right. It's like it, it's it, I think we're in a really interesting time where we're trying to find what is a new idea of a hero mean, you know? Right. Um, and I know um, you were saying that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been one of your favorites. So what, what, what are you kind of seeing in that show about the idea of what does it mean to be a hero? Well, the thing is, I, what I really liked about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., particularly the first two, uh, three seasons, I haven't started watching the uh, Ghost Rider stuff, but um, it, I really liked it that these were just people. And, yeah. you know, and, and they're basically forced as their government agency type theme show and everything. They have to deal with you know, the unknown superheroes, the unknown, you know, not quite X-File-ish, but they have to deal with all this. And they do it a little tongue-in-cheek because if you've seen one alien, you've seen them all. Right. But the point is, uh, but uh, but I think it's really interesting that it always comes down to they have to get the job done. They're, they, no one will ever know they exist, but they have, they, they're the good guys. In fact, a lot of times they, they tell in the show, we're the good guys. Like right. they just blatantly say it. And um, it's I, – I think the show has a – because the characters are so human having to do with a superhuman situations, like it, I think it gives a real good sense of reality. Like I'll, I remember uh, in college I ran this game. It was part of vampire tabletop games, but there was a thing basically where – Yada, 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 you're a human, and then you get powers. But the point is, it's gothic horror. So if you, Matt Fox, were walking down the street, and then all of a sudden you saw a vampire feeding on someone, and in that instant, you realize that vampires and ghosts and everything right. were, were real, like, what would you do? And when I ran the game, I think, like, three of my three of my players just, like, lost it. They, like, pictured what their, their real-life people would do, and they just went to, like, a psych evaluation. They, they, couldn't, they, could, they couldn't handle it. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, so these you, are... You these, mean that these, the characters, you didn't actually send three people... No, no. Okay, no, no, just, no, just making sure no, we're no. clear. No, no, no. no. The but, they, they, they were playing themselves, and it was co the constant deal was, if you were really there, what would you do? Right. And they were very honest with each other. So they and, just, they're like, yeah. And I think you're right. And I especially love how you're connecting that game to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because I think, I, I, I like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think for very similar reasons. And one of the biggest ones I think is that, you know, the show sort of gets at the idea of like Captain America gets the headlines. You know, Tony Stark gets the headlines. But in actuality, there's a lot of grunt work that needs to be done, you know? Like, oh, yeah. And, and, and it, I think often when we say the word hero, one of the things we think is that we think a hero is one in a million. You know, a hero is the the person who does the thing that is talked about for 500 years. And so much of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, you know, these guys aren't. I mean, some of them later have superpowers, but a lot of them are just kind of like workaday agents in this agency trying to do the best they can. And and it's sort of a very different idea of, being, of a hero. You know, a hero who's in the shadows. Not, not necessarily because they're hiding the way like... Batman's in the shadows, but just because 
they're one of a larger number, you know, and their powers aren't as great. But but the things they're doing are still very needed and are, are no less heroic in that way. You know, the Coast Guard saves people from drowning, right? Yeah. So, but you know, they don't who get talks any... about – yeah. Yeah, like that. that's heroic, but it certainly doesn't get the attention that anything else does. Right. So, you know, these are the type of things that actually I'm glad that we got a chance to talk today. I've been really thinking a lot about, like, who are, like, real heroes, like right. not superheroes because, you know – Back in the day, if you go through the generations, like, you know, t- you know, actually, if you go backwards, so I think that people are really associating more and more with superheroes because of the mainstream media and how it associates. Right. But I don't, and if you go back further, you know, I remember as a kid, people had all the uh, sports players as really uh, their heroes because they right. wanted to be like them. And then when you go back even earlier, before our time, I mean, all the new the civil rights people in the 70s and and those types of people and then then go back further and then you you know you get eventually you get down to like you know joe policeman and fred the fireman you're like these are people who well, like and, did and soldiers i mean like to our grandparents soldiers, i think yeah. like the people who had been war here i mean in some ways like captain america like come came out of that but you know it was it was you know it was the cowboys in the old west and it, it was the right. real life but i think you're right there's been an evolution away from um just the the soldiers into more like sports figures or political figures, um, right? And now celebrities. I mean, celebrities became heroes in a way that right. I think is both good and, and and kind of problematic. I I I you know what? It's interesting. I find that certain celebrities uh, earn their right to be a hero because uh-huh. they they to every every celebrity at one time was just an actor. And then they made it. So they make money. They do their they do their arts. They're performing, and you know the society says you get a lot, a lot of money for this. Right. But it's those people when they couldn't afford, you know, two nickels to rub together. You know, now when they have all this money, I don't know what proportion, but they're putting that back. Right. What are they doing people. with that money? Right. So, so yes, let's, and that let's... that to me. Let's talk about that a little more. Like, what in this day, in this modern day, like to you, what makes a real life hero? Um, I think a, a real life hero is someone who helps people. Mm-hmm. I think that is a very important thing. I think someone who um, gives people something to aspire to. If you have someone who's a hero and does something, whatever, whatever, something heroic, and then someone else does ten percent of that. You know, and you're like, whatever, giving to the needy or helping someone in need, you know, then even if it's just 10% of what this hero did, that's still 10% more than you wouldn't have done if you weren't inspired by this person. Right. So I think, I think that's, that's what really makes a hero. Someone who inspires. Yeah. No, I can totally see that. And I think that, that, I think that's a really good point. I think it's, it's, we see it with our celebrities a lot and, you know, and, you know, I, I, I think it's. You know, I think of like people who become heroes, like even just for a moment, like um, that guy Sully, who was the um, I, I think that's his name, right? Yeah, because the movie he was the pilot who like um, you know, a, a, I think a, a bird got caught in the engine and he landed the plane in this like heroic way, and you know, for a cu- for a couple of months he was like the big hero who everybody was talking right. about. Um, I'm never gonna land a plane. You know, you're never gonna probably land a plane. Certainly no. not with that many people in it. Um. Neither of us is ever going to replicate that, but I think, but 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 when he gets talked about as a hero, it's that idea of like the calm under pressure. You know, hero is a person who 
he was in a situation where a number of people, he was responsible for their lives, for their safety, you know, and he was able to do the heroic thing in that moment. And so what did it mean for him to be able to like, yeah, we can't relate to him in terms of we, we're never going to fly a plane, but what can we look to from that idea of like, what does it mean to have that calm in, you know, to not panic in that situation, to not, you know, just dive out of the plane yourself, but to, to keep the responsibility and, and to, to maintain it, to be able to help others. Right. He, he, he said he, he, he was a living example of what you wish you would do in that situation. Right. Totally. Well, right. And, and I think, I think with the, with the superhero stuff, it gets very interesting because as you and I were talking about a little bit before, and I'd love to go into more, I think we're now starting to see like, not only are people today asking that, like, you know, Captain America is a superhero, but they're talking about Chris Evans as a superhero, you know, like the line of like, Tony Stark being a hero versus Robert Downey Jr. as a hero. Like, yeah. we're looking to the actors who portray these people. And I, I think that, 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 that it, it feels kind of weird, but also there's a lot of awesome potential for, for heroism there. We'd love, like, so what, what are you kind of thinking when you see, like Chris, e- like, Chris Evans doing something, you know, on Twitter or talking about, like, using his power as the person who plays Captain America to, like, try to do good? Okay, so in that case, I think that is very heroic, and that's a good idea because he he is using his popularity to make to make a message out there to help people. Right. Now that obviously, like in any in any you know story, he could use his popularity for quote unquote evil. So he's using it to help people. Right. So that in itself is heroic. However, I think it's a very interesting point that um, these two particular characters, Tony Stark and Captain America. Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, is that um, basically I think the public, and, and this is probably due to having very good agents, um, they don't uh, people they're 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 treating them as one and the same. Yeah. Like you know these are like I, I wonder how many people remember that Chris Evans was the Human Torch. <laughs> so that was. So. I, I, I think he hopes very few, but yes. Right. Right. So you know um, the point being is that. You know, so these people are like, I want Chris Evans is my hero. But when they think that they're real, I think they're thinking Captain America. Oh, yeah. I mean, and likewise, I, yeah, yeah. I, so. I, I remember I I think I have the two people right. But um, I think it was last year's Super Bowl. Um, I know Chris Evans was one. And I think Christopher Pratt, the guy who played Star Lord, was the other. Like okay. each of them um, was really rooting for one of the teams in the Super Bowl. And they made a bet. That the whichever team lost, that person had to dress up as their character and then go to a children's hospital in the other one's city. You know, so like okay. if if Chris if the team that Chris Evans loved lost the Super Bowl, then Captain America would go visit the kids in the the hospital of the city that had won the the Super Bowl. Um, I may be getting the details wrong, but I, I I thought it was both fantastic, but but it was really interesting what you're saying because it was like. The way the media was portraying it was like, well, is Chris Evans making this bet with with Christopher Pratt, or or is Star Lord making this bet with Captain America? You know, right? Um, and it it was a very interesting like the blurring of the lines because each of them was clearly using the fact that they are kind of the voice of this iconic fictional character to be a hero as a real person in real life. Yeah, and you know. It- that comes down to like a lot of times when you, when you, you can analyze it and cross analyze it and you know, is it the pros and cons? But in the end he's helping kids. 
yeah. in the hospital. So to me, that's heroic. You know, you know, in this, I don't want to say. I, I guess you could say the ends do justify the means because if he was still a struggling actor, he couldn't offer that uh, service to those kids. Right. No. Yeah. And I, yeah. yeah. To, to me, it's not even as much a like an ends justify the means thing. Like I, I, I definitely look at it and I see it's a great thing. But but I think it's interesting that we're we're because like like I think you and I were talking about this a bit beforehand. Right. Like these guys are still human beings, you know. Like what right. happens when we find out that like one of the actors who is playing one of these characters like cheats on his taxes or something, yeah, of cheats course. on his taxes or cheats on his wife or hits his right. wife, you know, or right. or or has a husband, not a wife, which shouldn't like to me is just as hero- just as awesome and wonderful, but right. you know, it, it is going to cause you know. Some people get upset. They shouldn't, but like it's going to happen, you know. Like, um, I think one of the things that I think actually some of these movies have really well explored is what are the problems when we put our heroes up on pedestals. Um, and I kind of think that when the actors who play the heroes are also put on pedestals, then this happens even more, you know. Like, because sure. yeah, it's like what what do we what do you do when like the you know if, if the person who plays one of these heroes isn't really a good guy in person, like. You know, if we really associate that person with, you know, that other that thing, then then, then what does that mean? You know, how, how, how will it affect it if we see they're not that great a person? Right. I mean, if you think about it, you know, these are still just first of all, they're actors and they're Hollywood famous actors. You know, the the amount of events, parties, clubs, whatever that these people might, you know, you're basically, you know, Chris Evans is basically unless. He becomes the true Boy Scout, not Captain America, but Chris Evans becomes a Boy Scout. You know, someone's going to catch a picture or a video of him doing something quite human, right. and it's going to it's going to discolor people's view of what he's trying to do because we we put him on this, this pedestal because well, we associate it with this iconic character. And, and I wonder if, in some ways, that that here's a place where. We need to kind of do with the actors of heroes the same thing we've already done with the heroes themselves because, we, we, you know, we were talking before about how we kind of like the fact that now, like, Tony Stark is an alcoholic and is suffering from PTSD but can still be heroic. You know, he doesn't have to be perfect. Like – and I wonder if on some level we need to start being willing to say it, it's great when our – the actors who play the heroes we love do great things but but they don't have to be perfect, you know? Um like you mentioned before that um, when you and I were growing up, uh, sports figures were a lot of our favorite heroes. Like I remember Charles Barkley. You know, Charles Barkley was I, – I still think one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game, a fantastic rebounder. Um, and like I think he's a – I think he – like he's the kind of guy who I think I would love to like get a drink with and hang out with at a party. But if you were to like make a list of like the top ten good guys in the NBA – and, and I say that quote meaning that I, I think that, that is kind of a weird way to judge people. But by those kind of judgments, he's not at the top of the list, you know, and he would be very clear about saying that. And he um, very famously, he did a TV commercial where he said, like, listen, parents, your children watch me because I'm really good at dunking the ball and I'm really good at rebounding and I'm really good at playing defense. Don't let your don't, I'm not a role model to your children. You know, don't. Don't let your children watch me to figure out how to be better people. They should look to right. you as parents for that. Um, cool. And it was, it was really controversial because a lot of people were like, "No, you're a basketball player. You have to be the role model. You have." And he was just—he was really saying, "No, like I—I I can be a basketball hero, but 
but that don't put me up on that pedestal, you know? Um, and I think that, that that's an, there's an interesting lesson for us there as we talk about what are superheroes teaching us about, about what, you know, what does it mean to be a hero and what does it mean to look up to someone? Well, actually, I think that's one of the original questions you asked. Like, what does it mean to be a hero? Like, what is your take on what does it mean to be a hero? Like, I meant about inspiring and um, looking for people to look up to. But, you know, you mentioned as a growing up, you know, your main hero was Batman. Like, uh-huh. so that, that that's that's kind of a dark one, man. So how yeah. does, uh, how, what, what is your definition of a hero? You know, and it's hard because I think, I think in a lot of ways, I feel like, for me, a hero was someone who was wrestling with the same things I wrestle with and who, like, had the potential to make the wrong choices that I made but still winds up making the right ones. Um, and I think, like, for me, th- this is part of where I think Batman and, and to go back to what I was saying before, Star Wars really come together for me. Because to me – and here I'm going to kind of get into a little bit my own sort of, like, personal philosophy, but, like – I have always thought like I have a very sort of love hate relationship with the idea of violence. Like I, I, you know, you know, as a kid and like sword fights and laser fights, these all seemed great to me. But, but I always, there was a part of me that always felt like, you know, if you hate evil, that, that if you hate bad things, then you start telling yourself that it's okay to do bad things to bad people. And eventually like you start to become evil yourself. You know, to me, this is the whole idea of the star Wars movies and of that, you know, like if you, use hate to fight evil, you become the dark side. Um, sure. And I, and I always thought that was sort of because, like, for me, I always wanted to do social justice work. But, like, you know, when I was like, well, I need to fight those, fa-, you know, like, I need to, like, I, I would see, like, you know, people who are anti-civil rights. And I was like, no, we should just, you know, all do, like, lock them up in jail, take away their civil rights when I was, like, 12 or 13. And, and my mother would be like, you know, listen to yourself. You're saying, like, People are bad because they want to take away people's civil rights, and so we should, and so I was saying take away their civil rights. And my mom was like, "Well, that you're losing yourself there." Um, and I think for me, that's where, that's why I love the Star Wars stories, and it's also why I love Batman because Batman to me is someone who he starts by saying, "We can't fight crime within the criminal justice system. You know, it's too corrupt, it's too broken, it's too many problems. So we have to stop like." being good guys in order to do good. But he's constantly having to wrestle with the fact that he's kind of opening Pandora's box a little bit, and he always has to wrestle with how does he make sure he doesn't open it too far? You know, how does he not become Ra's al Ghul? How does he not become uh, the Huntress or one of those other villains who, to some, you know, like Poison Ivy on some level has the exact same idea that Batman does. She wants to do criminal things to make the world a better place. It's just that her idea of what the world a better place is seems pretty crazy to us. Um, sure. Batman was always about, and it's in many, many episodes and many, many genres of, of the Batman, is, uh, you know, you can't cross the line. And usually the line represents he can't kill. But sometimes they talk about other things. Right. But the idea is that he, he basically has to it, work outside the law in order to be the law, but there's, you know, there's right. a certain point he can't cross because then he becomes that. Well, and, and I think here's the key is that like all of us in theory do that. You know, we're all told like, try to be a good person, but like, you know, like it's good to like give money to the poor, but don't like go like rob a rich person and take his money and give it to the poor. Like we like Robin right. hood, but we're not supposed like, there's a rule we're not supposed to follow. We're supposed to follow. 
And for the most part, we all just sort of follow that rule. And I think, but Batman is about saying, well, what if we, what if you have to find that line for yourself, you know, um, instead of just following the line that everyone tells you to. And, and cause I think you're right. I think Batman does try to hold to a line, but what's so interesting about the story is that it's not the line that people tell him to, he has to find that line for himself. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I was just thinking, though, like, you know, as Batman being a, a Batman being a hero, I can see what you're talking about. But I remember as a kid, I never really connected as well as Batman. Yeah. Very similarly, and I know this is blasphemy for you. I never really connected well with like the James Bond movies okay. because it was like because it was he was like a rich. He, he could do all these things that. Yeah. You know, I, I, we could never do. We can't afford a jet film thing. <laughs> you know, so you know, I couldn't really, I couldn't really associate with this. Like they basically took an asp, a very human aspect of a person dealing with money uh-huh. and survival, and for characters like James Bond, Green Arrow, Batman, it, it, it was just a non-issue. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, on the emotional side, Batman had a lot of other things to deal with. But that one piece, it was it never not, – not a thing. Well, you know? I, I would say two things there. One is, to be clear, I love the James Bond movies. I would never in a million years say James Bond is a hero. <laughs> I oh, mean, fair enough. J- James Bond is a womanizing sociopath. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just remembered you love those movies. Oh, that's yeah. Well, and, but, but that's the other thing is that I feel like in a lot of ways – like I, I love them, but I wouldn't call him a hero. And I would even – and here I'm, I'm – I'm really hoping Paul will listen to this uh, later and and uh, text in and start a discussion with us online about it. I'm not sure I'd call Batman a hero in the exact same oh, okay. way. Like I think he's he's kind he really blurs that line of what is a hero or an antihero, especially because I think like you know Superman would say, "Hey boys and girls, you should be like me." Like Batman is never going to go to Gotham Middle School and say like, "Hey boys <laughs> and girls, be like me." Um and so I think like we start you know we started at the beginning about like a hero is someone who people want to emulate. Um I feel like I can learn a lot about how to be a better person by Batman's example. But I don't know if Batman's a hero in the same way. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So uh, you know we're talking we were talking about keep going back to DC but Marvel has a lot of really good heroes and things like that. Uh-huh. You are you re- are you really into the the Daredevil and the Luke Cage and stuff because those oh. are equally dark. Oh yeah, I I I think of all of the things that are happening in the sort of superhero genre right now, I mean I think all of it is fantastic. Uh well, okay, some parts of Arrow are pretty bad and <laughs> like um, all right, fair so, some of the WB stuff is fun but it's not great. But like I think what Netflix is doing with Jessica Jones and with Luke Cage and Daredevil, frankly, is I think sets the bar for the best of any of the superhero genre. And frankly, I think it's just like, to me, Luke Cage and Daredevil, especially, and Jessica Jones, were just some of the best television I've seen in years. Um, Great. What about you? you? Where do you see those things? Um, So Jessica Jones and Daredevil, I definitely really like about the the characters. Uh, I think sometimes in both of those, they take the fact that this is a dark show and then beat you on the head with it. So <laughs> yeah, that was a true. little, you know, that was a little thing. And then, and, and Luke Cage, I watched most of the episodes, but I also feel like they're, they took the, it was all over the place. Like I couldn't figure out 
is this like a cop show? Is this like a trial by fire show? Is this a guy trying to, you know, I understand what they were trying to do, but I don't, I think that the, the, like if you took each episode of Luke Cage by itself, very entertaining. But if you watch like a season, I, I, I remember when I watched it, I was like, eh. I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't have that edge ups and falls, like right. where the story was going. I, I mean, I, I, so I'll it, admit, I, I think Luke Cage is just one of the best things I've seen on television. Although I did think enough. some of the later episodes were a little weak. Um, but, but I do think in that to me, Luke Cage isn't a superhero show. Luke Cage huh. is an urban justice show about a per where a person in it has superpowers, you know? And I think that maybe is one of the most and, and I know we should wrap up pretty soon, but that that maybe here's the last thing I want to ask about is uh, I, I would say, and I'm wondering if you would agree with this, that I, I feel like we're sort of starting to transcend the idea of superhero is a genre. You know, to me, we like Ant-Man, Ant-Man to me isn't a superhero movie. Ant-Man's a caper movie. Like it, it's kind of like Ocean. To yes. me, Ant-Man has more in, in common with Ocean's Eleven than it does with Iron Man. It's just that the character also happens to have superpowers. And like, you know, I think Luke Cage is the same thing. I think Luke Cage is is, is in a lot of ways a show that like it, it's about like black city life uh, and that experience in a way that most other shows aren't. Someone in it has superpowers, but I don't think it means that that show is like therefore the same as Daredevil. And and I think if if we're getting to the point where a superhero can, can it you can have a, a character that's a hero in a show or movie but it doesn't have to be about that like i think that's actually pretty awesome okay so then let me let me let me since we're running out of time i wanted to throw something back at you as a kid you you got stuff out of comics and cartoons and hero, superheroes in general right. but now that today's shows are hitting these more real uh, slash dark aspects. You know, there's some mix and match. But now picture kids today. So picture the 13-year-old, 12-year-old, whatever. They're watching these shows today. Like, what are they getting out of them as heroes? It's yeah. not as it's not as good, evil, black and white as when we were kids. So, do you think this is better or worse? It it's a good question, and I'll I'll be admit I'm not a parent, so I don't know. Um, I've had some like I taught Sunday school some and and. Um, part of what got me thinking about this blog to begin with was talking to friends of mine who were involved in churches, and they were talking about how could they use these figures to to raise like interesting questions for Sunday school. Um, and I, I would say like I I don't know enough about kids' entertainment today to know if there is something out there that's the equivalent of the sort of super like Superman like when you and I, the Christopher Reeve Superman, you know, where it's just such clear black and white good and evil. Um, right. And maybe there is. I just don't know. But I, I kind of think it's good that there isn't, you know? Like, I mean, I think, like, I look at, like, the Harry Potter books and movies or some things like that where, you know, it's pretty clear Voldemort is just straight up evil. But even <laughs> yeah. then, like, you, you you kind of identify a little bit with Tom Riddle at a few points. You know, you, you see – Tom Riddle is certainly a lot easier to relate to than General Zod, <laughs> you know? Um, see, I, I, I would say that I think for the most part it's good. But I can also understand kids and especially parents being a little frustrated that they're, that everything is so cynical, you know? Um, what yeah, about you? I, what, how, how do you see it? I think uh, I I think what it comes down to is because they realize that it sells. Well, every yeah, I mean, show, that's definitely true. 
Yeah, yeah. Every show is all about it's it's a gray world. There's no black. It's not black and white, and and everything is always gray. And when we first started having this conversation, we 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 were talking about how satisfying it is to have a definite uh, good and good and bad at the end. Right. And I, and actually, you know what? I'll take that back. I'll take that back. I think whoever are the writers, they basically say it's gray all the time, but at the very beginning of a season and at the very end of the season, you'll see this, you know, good, good. So basically they figured out that it's a better cash cow if they take the good, the, uh, you know, the good and evil and they just stick it at the ends of the seasons yeah. as opposed to, as opposed to at the end of each episode. And, and, and I would say, uh, oh, go ahead. No, no. And I, I think that's smart. It's more, it gives you more realism, yeah. but you still, it's like reading a book. You get, you know, you got a beginning and end. Yeah. So. And, and I'll say like, I do, you know, uh, one of the episodes that Paul and I did a while ago was on the movie Desperado, which I know, I think you're sure. a big fan of the way we are. Um, yeah. And, and, and part of what we were talking about was the idea of vengeance and how like, I think we were both pretty like sort of ethically committed to the idea, or like, I shouldn't say that about Paul, but like for me at least, like, you know, I was talking about how like, in a general thing, I think like, you know, vengeance, like being satisfied by vengeance isn't really a good feeling. And like, like it feels good, but that's not necessarily a healthy thing. And having a sense of like, yeah, I don't like that guy. He's a bad guy. So I want to like enjoy seeing him like terribly murdered. That That's not a healthy feeling, but it is enjoyable sometimes. And every now and then, like you'll like a movie like Desperado because you get to kind of revel in that. And And I do think in the same way. I guess to me, I don't think it's a great I, – I, for the most part, I'm not a big believer in moral absolutes. You know, I, I, I made this podcast because I love talking about these things and I love the idea of like that there's a lot of moral gray. There's a lot more moral gray than we want to admit. But, but I do think that every now and then that kind of moral, like clear, bright lines is very satisfying. And so, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a couple of you know actual Christopher Reeve-level general Zods out there. Um, right. I, I just think it's good that that's not the majority anymore. See, for me is that I think that the gray makes a better story, but if you're looking for heroes, it's much harder. And that was the topic of our conversation, yeah. finding the heroes. Yeah. Well, you know. It, well, let me ask you this though. Is it that it's harder or that it changes cuz I think you're right. It's it it is harder to find a Christopher Reeve Superman kind of hero. But is it is it isn't it easier in some ways to find a Peter Parker hero in a world like that where because there is a lot more gray and there is a lot more hard decisions that you have to relate to? No, uh, I would change the definition of gray then because Peter Parker had trials and tribulations that people can relate to, poverty, you know, you know, all all bad relationships and everything like that. But I think today's especially with like Jessica Jones and Daredevil, like uh-huh. these are like like violence and like and very real psychological issues that these people are going through and i think those are very important to talk about with today's adults and and bringing it into the mainstream media to show that it's a real thing so if you talk about a story and to teach those type of lessons fantastic right but if you're talking if you're like a kid or someone growing up looking for a hero i don't i don't know Mm. (laughs) like I don't. I don't know if that's really where I would go. See, so I, I think there's a really interesting question there, and I think I can see it both sides. I definitely hear where you're coming from, but I also think, in some ways, to me, a hero can be the person who is caught in the mire of that and can still find a way to do the good thing. 
Um, sure. Well, and so let me ask you this as kind of a last question. Um, you know, in some ways, I feel like Spider-Man in the Civil War movie, <clears throat> he was the innocent. You know, he was the he was younger than everybody else. He didn't, you know, he sort of was totally just like whatever Mr. Stark said he believed. He didn't really get wrapped up in all this stuff about like, you know, is Tony right or is Captain right? He was able to really just sort of believe, you know, Tony Stark's a hero. He's telling me what I should do. This is the law. I should do it. And and I feel like in some ways he's a little bit he is still kind of that innocent hero you're talking about. Do you what do you want to see happen in the new Spider-Man movie that's coming out? Do you want to see him sort of stay kind of like a little more innocent than everybody else in this world or or do you want to see him be just as kind of like morally jaded as everybody else in the Marvel world right now? Well, I mean Spider-Man is the innocent and what 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 the movies are doing because of the licensing of Spider-Man jumping from studio to studio, they're basically running the story of Spider-Man at different ages, which is the same story, you know, he was going out of college with Tobey Maguire and then in the other two movies he was in high school and now he's like 13. So you know, he's going to be getting a very different sense of growing up but growing up with the powers of a superhero right so so you're you're if you're asking like he's gonna look for other heroes like captain america or iron man because of technology and brains and stuff and he's gonna have to you know find out like you know as he gets grows up from you know a boy into a man he's gonna make his decisions but he's not gonna be as um as American as Captain America is. Like Captain right. America's like, I I you know, I'm just this good person and the super serum made me a thousand times equal to my goodness in my heart. And Spider Man, you know because he's Spider Man, he's a good kid. And the question is like, I don't want to see him turn dark. I mean, granted it'll make a great story, like I remember in the comics when he you know, he turns with the black costume Spider Man or when some really right. gets buried alive with Craven, like there's some really dark stuff, but in the end, he still comes back to being that good kid who does the things because it's the right thing to do. Right. And he never. And and the the really interesting thing is until until Spider-Man comics got into the very late comics where he's like a man, he did all the good things because it was the right thing to do. But he didn't have like speeches. He didn't yeah. know why he was doing it. He wasn't like. Like the iconic Captain America, when the world tells you to move and you say, no, you move. He didn't have any of that stuff. He's like, right. I'm out of here. Web's away. And he just disappears. So, he, you know, but he always did the good thing. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's different. It is. And I, I think I'm, especially as we talk about this, I'm, I'm now really curious what will happen in his new movie. Because I, you know, especially as you were talking, like, I feel like both. Tony Stark and, you know, Steve Rogers, Captain America and Iron Man, each of them has sort of like a guiding principle. You know, for Captain America, it's, you know, you know, you, you stand by what you believe is right. And for Tony Stark, it's like, you know, someone has to be watching. Someone has to be in control and and, and authority makes sense. And I feel like Spider-Man no. could really easily go either way with those. Like he could be pulled in either direction. And I think in some ways – what I would really love to see is the story that's about him, not even about being like, is he dark and cynical or innocent, but really just, as you said, the Civil War movie was, you were able to watch the Civil War movie and sort of see that both sides have a point. And I feel like Peter Parker, Spider-Man is the person who would be most able to kind of going forward, 
keep seeing that both of them have a point, you know? Uh, right. And I think and that, I, I just, that can make a great story. Thing, Go ahead. Just the one thing on that is that I think that, you know, Tony Stark is not all about, you know, must follow the rules and everything like that. It's a, a, at a lower level, which Peter Parker will really associate with, which makes me really agree with your statement, is that Tony Stark the cat is has a over over a sense of sense of responsibility yeah you know he created all those weapons and, and we all know spider-man's responsibility yeah. phrase oh, no, exactly. so the, oh yeah so the point is i think that you know he could really go either way tony stark with like you know you you have these powers you are responsible for them or he could be like you know uh, you know i am a good person and i'm trying to do what is right no matter you know, everyone picks on me because I'm the little guy. Everyone hates Spider-Man, but yeah. I'm still going to do the right thing. So he's going to, you know, go towards Captain America. So it's either, you know, it's interesting. So, yeah. so I don't know. I thought I thought that was interesting. So this has been a really interesting conversation. I we bare, I think we barely come scratched the surface on a lot of this. Stuff. I, I mean, on all of these, I always sort of feel like there's so much more we could talk about, but. Uh, thank you again. This has been a great conversation. Um, no problem. I'll be putting this up in a day or two, and I hope um, certainly to all those people who are listening, tell us what you think. Um, what makes a hero? You know, Who are the heroes you really followed growing up? Who are the heroes you believe in today? Um, who are the people you don't think of as heroes, um, either in real life or in the superhero world? We'd love to hear about it. Um, uh, Adam, you know, please, um, you know, check in with us on on Twitter, on Facebook. I'm sure there'll be a lot of. Uh, I hope there's gonna be some con- discussion about this podcast going forward. Um, any kind of la- last things you want to say? Um, not not really. Uh, like the time went by so fast, but when we had some side conversations, uh, we talked about uh, real life superheroes. Like who? So I would like I would think it'd be really interesting. If people who listen to this podcast, we talked a lot about the superheroes and everything out there. I'm just really curious who people out there, what are people's real life heroes? Yeah. Like, you know, who's, you know, someone mentioned uh, Elon Musk. I thought that was really an interesting idea. And there's, and then uh, I think you you mentioned how certain actors, like we talked about, go to the hospitals and help people. So that, you know, even though they're playing these characters, they are real people helping people. So I'm curious what other people think about who are some real heroes out there. Yeah, I mean, one thing I, I thought was kind of awesome is um, I think it, it's Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie who first started this, but I'm sure others have done it, where they they realized that whatever they did, sort of paparazzi were going to follow them around and take pictures of them. So they started saying, like, all right, well, why don't we just start carrying signs to, like, get, you know, things. You know, oh, so yeah. If you're going to take a picture of me, you're going to take a picture of me holding a sign that says, like, Think about, you know, children dying in this earthquake in, in, you know, Southeast Asia or whatever it is. Like, you know, they've done this and like Mark Ruffalo is doing that right now with the um, Dakota pipeline issue, like using that celebrity or, you know, but it could be that it could be Elon Musk. It could be Warren Buffett. It could be, um, you know, for other people all the way on the other end, it could be Ted Nugent. I mean, like there's all these people who could be your hero, you know, Clint Eastwood. Um, So, yeah. Folks, if you're listening, let us know what you think. Talk to us on uh, on Twitter at Superhero Ethics uh, superhero ethics on podcast on twitter uh search for the superhero ethics podcast on itunes or you can find us at superheroethics.com uh on behalf of myself on behalf of adam on behalf of paul who can't be with us today thanks everybody for taking part and we'll talk to you soon bye-bye